No. Oh, God. For the past couple of days, I've been inflating from the inside. Right. Yeah, I think it's called trapped wind, but it might just be called karma. I don't know. <laughs> it's, just, it's just lifestyle judging me for signing up to a gym a week ago and just not going. Not going. <laughs> and now my body's like, we're all amped up for... Zumba or something, <laughs> <laughs> and you just sat here working like you piece of shit. I'm gonna inflate you <laughs> for a week. Yeah. And you just go through, you're like, ah, oh, it's because you just go, oh, it'll just work its way through. Because eventually, you just you feel this, it's like a lump, like a balloon inside yeah. you. So you feel it moving as you move around. You're like, oh, eventually it'll dissipate, or oh, no, I'll take a good shit, yeah. or I'll burp, <laughs> or I'll vomit, or something. It's like, nope. It's just nothing. <laughs> nope. <laughs> just horrendously uncomfortable for days. Yeah. Which, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going through a phase of trying things that I don't like. Trapped wind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's got a bit more abstract. It's uh, it's good. It's good. It's oh, good yeah? to try new things or try things. And it, people take it so extreme. I mean, well, you you take it so extreme, like what? me drinking coffee despite not liking it. Yeah, yeah there's an area where you're like, well, then why are you doing it? Yeah, and it's going. Well, it's not. It's not a big deal. Like, there's a couple of articles in here that I wouldn't try. Right. That I'll bring up later because okay. we definitely need to warm up to it. Um, <laughs> that I wouldn't be like, you know what? I'll try that just to experience yeah. what it's like. Um, but yeah, I think trying a coffee or eating licorice or doing that is like. No, I agree with taking on new experiences and trying new things and everything like that. But but trying something and finding that you don't like it and then doing it repeatedly yeah. is borderline psychotic. It's only doing it once is, is your argument. Like if you try something and you don't like it, just don't do it again for probably for like a period of time, right? Yeah. Like, like my whole thing is like I, I, I decided that I didn't like eggs when I was six. Yeah. And then it's like, well, maybe at six you didn't like eggs, but then when you try them later in life in a different place, you might like them. Right. Yeah. But then I, I, I think I agree with like trying things in different ways. Like I never, I, I don't like mushrooms, but if I find a type that I haven't had or the way that it's been cooked that I haven't had, I'll I'll try it. It's a bit psychopathic, Steve. It's a bit mental, isn't it? <laughs> fucking broadening your horizons and that. Dick. Well, it's just, I think it was like fucking taste and food and drink. I used to be like a really fussy eater. Yeah. And then I just couldn't give a shit anymore. No. I was just like, I'll just eat it because... Like, yeah, I started working out yeah. when I was younger. And I was just like, when you, when you start doing more exercise, you're just like, I need to eat something. Yeah. I don't care what it is. Like... And then you go like, oh, vegetables, like, I'll just eat a load of fucking raw vegetables. Say, I've never whatever. known you to be a fussy eater at all. Yeah, no, this think. was like, before I was 15, I'd only eat hot dog and chips or something stupid. Yeah. And then, oh, yeah. By the time you lived with me, you had the goblet of onion. <laughs> oh, wait. oh, yeah, yeah. I just <laughs> ate a raw onion as an apple for dinner because yeah. I was so poor. No, I'd, yeah, no, thinking about it, thinking about it, right? So when I was, yeah, so I was a really fussy eater when I was a kid. And this led to a load of intense moments that did not need to be intense. <laughs> so, like, because my parents' view was, like, if we force it down his throat, <laughs> then he'll be better and he'll accept that it's okay. Like, I, was, I, was a, I was such a stupid kid, and I'm still stupid, but not for, for weird reasons. Like, I, I couldn't swallow a pill for mm. years. Yeah. And it wasn't because I tried. It's because everyone who told me how to swallow a pill didn't tell me to swallow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't like that I felt uncomfortable doing it. It was literally just, they'd say, put the pill on your tongue, mm. then grab a glass of water and drink the water. 
and it was still so it would still be on my tongue and I'd be like well I don't know what's going on guys <laughs> I mean I've followed step by step everything that you've told me <laughs> and um, Google how to take pills <laughs> <laughs> How to ingest something? Yeah. Well, use your reflex or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, so I was a bit of a stupid kid. But I think like, my parents' methods of trying to make me less stupid in terms of like fussy eating was, was yeah, just you're going to eat this no matter what. Yeah, and like they had really weird food. Like from a young age, like if they ordered a takeaway, it would be two people's worth of takeaway. Right. They like if you ordered a Chinese, you'd have to order a big box of noodles and a big box of rice, and you'd yeah. have to eat all of it. All of it. Right. And I was like, I don't think this is. I'm not hungry. And they're like, no. eat it or sit here and cry and eat it, <laughs> and never leave the table. My yeah, <laughs> like my parents were never they, they were never bothered about quantity, but they always made sure I tried everything. Yeah. Like didn't have to eat everything, but just make sure you've tried it. Yeah, I was. They had to eat everything. Yeah. Um, my mum's um, family are like famous for having ridiculous sized portions because she came from like a large Irish family with like mm. um, five brothers and sisters. Right. So like a roast dinner was like piled high. Yeah. And yeah, it's just not a good size. It's a it's a ridiculous serving of food. Yeah. But when it's like you're being forced to eat it. But anyway, yeah, I remember we experienced it with Disneyland. You know, Disneyland where families go to love. Um, like I went there and had a hot dog that I didn't like. Right. And I, I just remember crying as I was being forced to eat it. So just <laughs> like, are we going to see the fireworks later? <laughs> just trying to make everyone happy. Oh no. So maybe me trying to try all these things that I don't want to is me entering a new world where I'm okay with family values. There's something really oddly euphemistic about forcing a crying child to finish <laughs> his hot dog. <laughs> At Disneyland. Yeah. Just like, yay. <laughs> This isn't weird at all. <laughs> yeah. For the record, like, uh, they probably did the most intelligent thing that they thought they were doing at the time. Like, they wanted to treat the the value of money and the value of mm. stuff. So, like, we paid for it, so now you must eat it. Just... Like, my first car gave me terrible indigestion. <laughs> 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 yeah, like, you know, yeah, you have to appreciate, you have to eat all this. Did not teach you the value of leftovers? <laughs> Oh no! There's no never any leftovers, and to this day, there's it's, it's tabooed for there to be leftovers. Just put it in the so, fridge and eat it tomorrow. It's not a waste. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm like. I'm like I'm I'm poor. Like, it's like if I if I cook a meal and there's some leftover, I'll have it tomorrow. Like yeah. please, and I have to guard it. Like, just keep it. I can't keep it in the fridge because it'll get thrown in my, when I go visit my family. I just put it in my bedroom. <laughs> you can't have food up there. Well, it's either that or you're going to steal it. Yeah. So just no, leave me alone. <laughs> So yeah, I think yeah, I, I, I do enjoy trying something that I'm somewhat uncomfortable with. Now it's obviously going to be different as well. Like, you, you did it when you were a kid with like, alcohol. Yeah, like I remember. Well, most people's experiences of alcohol is they didn't enjoy the taste of it the first couple of times. No, no, and then I you just get accumulated taste. I'm assuming yeah. that's the same with coffee. But you've been having it every day for two, three weeks now. Oh, I, I enjoy it with sugar. All oh, right, okay. I just hate it without sugar. But I can't but have can't it with have sugar. Su- Why can't you just have sweetener? Because that's just a middle ground, Steve. But it's not. I, I'm not going to think of diabetes. That. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, I think it's because I started doing sweetener in my tea, and this is a riveting conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> started doing sweetener in my tea, and then I realised that sugar is just way better. Yeah, so, it is. It is. <laughs> you can't so get around that. But yeah, so yes, yeah, I'm, I'm going to ease into it eventually. 
But uh, yeah, even went into uh, black coffee because I just didn't have any milk in the house. It was like black coffee with some sugar. Yeah. Some sugar, quite a bit of sugar. And it was good. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm moving into the adult world through traumatic childhood reenactments <laughs> and coffee. Um, anyway, you know, you know MI5? Yeah. The, the the spy people. Yeah, the yeah. spy people who are apparently... I was getting confused MI5 and MFI. <laughs> <laughs> Get down! Why do you want your sofa? <laughs> what, was, what was that thing that was on changing rooms? Always he wanted... Um, P, not PVA glue. There was some type of wood that they always... Oh, so it became a MDF. catchphrase. MDF. <laughs> <laughs> we got some MDF and some MDF and some MDF. And the MFI were like... Just cash in on this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be the Lawrence Luen Bowen of the... He's a, still a celebrity, isn't he? In China. In massive. China? <laughs> he's <laughs> Apparently, he's, like, massive in either China or Japan. I can't remember. <laughs> Just <laughs> massive. Like, literally, because he's a very tall bloke anyway. But, like... Oh, he's, oh, he's so big. <laughs> <laughs> but, apparently, there's something about him that they absolutely love. And, yeah. <laughs> very, very big in China. David Beckham. Big in China as well, isn't he? Is he? I think he is. I think it's China. It's either China or Japan. Oh, potentially, yeah. Yeah, he's just really famous. Same with Mr. Bean. <laughs> they really pick their English celebrities. Mr. Bean makes sense, though, because the, he, he is a he universal language. to learn their language. Yeah. <laughs> but he is universal. Like, yeah, was nobody has any question when he says, oh. Like, <laughs> that makes perfect sense no matter which language you speak. Fair enough. Well, so it makes sense that MI5 would... Um, I couldn't make the link back. But yeah, MI5, sorry. Mr. Bean. <laughs> Mr. Bean, MDF, MI5. Um, <laughs> MI5 agents tried to recruit a convicted terrorist to inform against hate preacher Anjem Chowdhury by taking him to see Stoke City FC. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love because it just makes it like a corporate feel. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, you want you want to merge... With our business, you know, we'll take over the, the Indonesian the market. corporate box. Like, <laughs> come, there's chicken wings, like, you know, Stoke yeah. City. You Donna know, kebab. <laughs> a pint of gravy yeah. that they sell at the Britannia Stadium. Bovril. Bovril. Amazing. Uh, Tahir Aziz, 38, heard about the deal during a secret <laughs> chat with his Islamist friend, Mohiba Rahman, 32, who insisted on speaking face-to-face because he feared his phone was being tapped by the police. <laughs> Which isn't surprising because they took him to MI five took him to a football match. <laughs> yeah. I think you'd be like, maybe we shouldn't talk on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Roman revealed he had been taken to the VIP section of the Premier League Club's Britannia Stadium by two agents. VIP area. I mean they went all out. Yeah. You know, it's respectable. You can get a double you can get a three litre cup of Bovril yeah. in the VIP area. Yeah, bath. A Bovril jacuzzi, Bovril hot tub. <laughs> Where you just you're just, oh, what's it called? You're just soaking in Marinating. all the juice. Marinating. <laughs> <laughs> Marinating for anti-terrorism. Yes. <laughs> Needs more sage. <laughs> Needs more Semtex. <laughs> yeah. uh, they tried to persuade him to act as an informant. Um, as he said about the guy that they tried to convert, yeah. um, he would say remarks like, oh, we shouldn't talk about MI5. Uh, in passing conversation, <laughs> which, just, which made it a bit strange. Yeah. And uh, you don't know who's listening to your conversations. You could be talking about general stuff, Syria, or infighting between ISIS and Al-Qaeda, and he would just start saying these things. Which General again... stuff? 
Just an everyday conversation about <laughs> ISIS. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, by the way, um, we just we shouldn't talk about MI5. <laughs> All right, okay, we never, we never said anything. Shouldn't. Can you hit, can you hit, shouldn't hear that. <laughs> testing, testing. <laughs> yeah. uh, he didn't trust phones, but he just generally didn't trust mobile phones in particular. Mm. Again, somewhat justified. Yeah. Um, he didn't um, sign on. No. Sign on. Send in his CV. He didn't go to the job centre and be like, MI5 informant, please. <laughs> you have to sign up every... You have to come in every two weeks. Make sure you've gone to enough meetings. <laughs> I'm a former terrorist looking for an employer to give me a chance. Send in like a dating video. <laughs> but big up to um, Britannia Stadium. I mean, they're definitely meeting all these different kind of markets. I mean, yeah. I, I used to work across the road from them in a, in a Toyota dealership. Yeah. Because I was a car salesman. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, I went there, and there was a Jehovah's Witness convention. It was horrible. Everyone was stood outside the door, and no one would let them in. <laughs> so fucking stupid. <laughs> Sorry, I've, I've tried to start writing jokes. <laughs> so now that there's stupid jokes popping into my head, coming in. Yeah. <laughs> I can't Maybe. stop. <laughs> Maybe channeling if you wake but yeah, yeah. So Britannia Stadium had Jehovah's Witnesses, and you know, Stoke City have like gone into more relevance. I think over the past ten years. Yeah. Um, and yeah, terrorists and um, yeah, convicted terrorists. They're they're getting into their VIP seats and stuff like that. So that's pretty good. <laughs> Growing up in a world. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, in other news, um, are you superstitious? Not, anyway? not really. Not really. If you were. If you if you wanted someone to to, to 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 give you good journey, if you were going on a, on a journey and you wanted some kind of travelling saint, right? Uh, what would you what would you do to try and make yourself feel better about a possibly perilous journey? Uh, to make you feel like it's going to be safe, you know, like some people turn the lights off three times or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> no, you'd just be like, probably going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not in China. Um, a superstitious passenger delayed a flight from Shanghai. For several hours on Tuesday, after throwing coins into the engine of the plane for good luck. <laughs> oh God! So I'm assuming I'm assuming it's those big turbines on the yeah, side, yeah, on the yeah. wings, or something. Yeah. And therefore, it must have been one of those flights where you board by like driving by shuttle and then walking up the stairs. Yeah. And you're just walking up the stairs, and there's this elderly lady taking her time. <laughs> Just like, oh, I'm trying to get up these stairs. And then she reaches into a pocket and attacks the plane. <laughs> Just nonchalantly tossing it out. <laughs> nine coins. Nine coins. She, no, yeah, nine coins she threw. Which I'm assuming was like a handful. Yeah. It wasn't like she threw one and they're like, what's she doing? <laughs> no, she threw another one. And um, only eight of the coins missed, but one nestled inside the engine. Um, the passenger spotted her and reported it to the authorities. <laughs> Feed the jets. <laughs> yeah, she usually travels by umbrella. <laughs> She's not used to the, the convenience of a plane. I don't trust this. Where's my umbrella? <laughs> Just what a shit. Like your day would have been like, oh, you know. I mean, people complain about flying already. But and people complain about old people already, and people complain about the economy already. Yeah, all three merged yeah. <laughs> to just ruin your day. So they'd have to be like, "Well, we have to get you on a new flight now." Yeah, everyone off. All the baggage has to come off. <laughs> but it's, does it? I I understand that like 
obviously if you hear that, people throwing shit into the engine and whatnot, you have to stop and you have to have a look. But presumably, if an entire jet plane can be disabled by throwing a coin into mm. the engine, I would never get on the fucking thing. Well, there's not that many coins in the sky. There's birds. Mm. And birds do cause a lot of crashes. <laughs> do they? Yeah. Birds just like, like a really horrible just get thing. sucked through. Yeah, yeah. There was that film that Tom Hanks did. That was caused by a bird? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, produced it, directed yeah. it. <laughs> No, he did some film about um, yeah. They they got I think got hit by two bird strikes or something, mm. and they had to land on a river. Yeah. <laughs> People were like, "You stupid idiot! You should have gone to an airport." And the moral of the story was, human error cannot be f- solved or predicted by computers. It was a very yeah. good film, apparently. Yeah, uh, I haven't seen that Arnie film yet. Which one? <laughs> the one where his daughter dies in a plane crash because of an air traffic controller. So he goes on a mission of vengeance to get oh, an apology. Yeah, there's loads of. There's. A, I'll get back to this in a minute. Yeah. But yeah, there's a bunch of. Um, Dunkirk is out soon. Mm. Dunkirk looks awesome, as well as the new Planet of the Apes film. I I need to watch amazing. the other ones. I only watched the first They're one. So good. But I thought it was great. Yeah. I really like the Planet of the Apes uh, remakes. The, yeah, like Not the newest the, um, franchise. Yeah, the, the Franco and the yeah. The guy apparently he did the same voice for the guy who did um, Gollum in Lord of the Rings. He does the voice Andy and the facial expression. Yeah, yeah. I think he has a facial expression for the main ape. Yeah, Andy but it's Serkis so good. just does like motion capture stuff now. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, just like who can we get for the ape? It's always Andy Serkis. <laughs> Apes, Gollum. He's got the best CV in the world. Yeah, and Ed Harris is in this one, I think. Oh, decent. So he's gonna be. Yeah, it looks really awesome. The last one was Gary Oldman, and that was mm. a really good one as well. Yeah, the new Panic films are awesome. And yeah, the uh, Dunkirk films look good. But apparently Harry Styles is in it, but apparently he might get blown up. I'm, well, assu- I'm only saying that because it's a war film. So. I'll take that gamble. Yeah. <laughs> Slow one. Should we get One Direction in? Oh yeah, because the preteens love Dunkirk. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just get one of One Direction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but imagine being in that audience and everyone's there for Harry Styles. <laughs> it, would, it would be alright, actually. <laughs> Must be worth it for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, anyway, yeah. So, well, that was pretty much it, actually, about the the throwing coins into an engine. Yeah. But yeah, if it's, I mean, planes are safe, but you can't. You know, flying metal is a hard thing. I mean, if you threw metal at a car, it might not work very well. If you put a coin in an exhaust, if you put a potato in an exhaust, it goes wrong, right? No, if you put the potato no. in the exhaust, no. It, well, typically, like. It's, it acts like a potato cannon. So, like, pressure builds up, and it doesn't generally fuck up the car, but eventually the potato just fires out like a rocket. Right. Injuring passers-by, etc. Okay. <laughs> and your car slowly fills with carbon monoxide. Yeah. And then yeah. you get carbon-infused mash. <laughs> <laughs> just how, I don't know, generic franchise wants you to have it. Yeah. Couldn't be asked to do the joke on that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of um, air safety... Um, uh, I'll read what I've got here and then I'll try and put it into context if it doesn't work because I can't remember what I've done. Right. Um, the rattling, it's all about an air, um, an air, a plane in flight. Uh, the rattling started straight away. Damien Stevens, who was on his way from Pete said, I'm assuming, was on his way from Perth to Kuala Lumpur with a friend. Told NBC News it was like being in a washing machine or on a compressor. <laughs> <laughs> the crew were really good, although the pilot did ask us to pray twice. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> And he said he was scared too. Uh, Stephen said the Sunday morning flight out of Perth began to shake rapidly after they heard a massive bang about 75 minutes into the flight 
um, which was a mount, which was meant to be about a six-hour flight in total. Yeah. So they like diverted and landed, but they were in the air for two hours. And there's video footage of like passengers doing it, and it's it's like watching a washing machine, <laughs> like everything's going, <laughs> and it's like people are just like, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the <laughs> so I get the pilot asking to pray once, yeah, and then being like. No, the first one was good. Yeah. Like a crowd work. Yeah. yeah. All right, it's really good, but I think we can try once more now. <laughs> are you ready to rock? Yeah. I said, are you ready to rock? Yeah. <laughs> Prayer. <laughs> the Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Yeah. Crowd chant. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, saying that it's um, terrifying. <laughs> Just clapping. <laughs> <laughs> Pretending to say that word. That's the wrong one. I don't know any other church hymns. <laughs> so yeah, air travel's fun. Um, have, you, have you flown much? You've gone to... Um, uh, around Europe somewhere. Four, four, four or five times, yeah. I think. Yeah. You ever had any like big... I can't remember what they call it, but oh, lots of shaking. The, yeah, the um, what the hell is it? Turbulence, turbulence, turbulence. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a weird thing where it's like I'll, I've, I've, I've flown. Yeah, I've flown a few times, and it's like I'll either be really kind of tense or absolutely fine and not notice. Mm. It's, and I don't, I can't predict it, and I don't know why or whatever. I think it's just like just lack of experience with it, I guess. Because mm. if I do fly, it's like maybe once a year right. for the past five years. Um, so I didn't have any experience of flying when I was a kid, so it's not anything that I remembered. So it's like a brand new experience as an adult, which is always really weird. I used um, to fly via shoebox when I was a baby. Because <laughs> <laughs> they put you in a box and throw you down the stairs. <laughs> No, like they used to eat your dinner. <laughs> <laughs> no, like because I, tra- I flew a lot when I was a kid. Because um, like we moved around, we moved to Germany for one brief period when I was like one or uh, younger than one, and then we moved to America, and then we would fly from America to the UK to see family and stuff when yeah. I was ridiculously young. And um, I don't know whether they just weren't equipped for babies or like mm. they didn't have seats for babies, but I'd just be put in a box underneath <laughs> the chair in front of my mum. <laughs> Just like, just, and apparently I was a really good flyer. I just, yeah. was really chill. I was like, I'm, I'm a good, is the shoe box equipped? Yeah, I'll be fine. Don't worry about me. <laughs> just chill here and be glad I'm not being forced to eat anything. Yeah. <laughs> airline food. Oh, have you got baby airline food? No. Yeah. Oh, what a pity. Yeah. <laughs> I'm safe in my box. Oh, shucks. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I've, I've I've been on one with, like, pretty bad turbulence. Mm. And, yeah, that shit me up a bit, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, every time I've gotten on a plane, it's never been... I've never had, like, the oxygen mask fall down or anything. Oh, no, no, no. But every time I've gone on a that plane... That would really fuck me up. Yeah, I like, had a friend that would... at uni that happened to, like... Oh. And, like, her dad, her sister, and her mum were there. And I think the dad... Yeah, she was sitted further away from like her family and the dad had like the mum and the daughters like head down the brace position like holding them down crying and she was like hey dad Jesus Christ <laughs> it worked out fine in the end yeah. but yeah that would that would be that a would bit of an experience up. yeah but every time I've gone on a plane I've just been like it would be, I always hypothesize that being the end yeah I don't know why it's, it, it's, it's so cinematic to have a plane crash yeah. change your life yeah. like oh did you 
Jimmy Carr's been doing ro- started doing roasts. Um, he started doing roast battles and roasts in America now. Yeah, and he did he did a joke about um, there's a, it's an American comedian. I don't know who he is, but apparently a lot of his material was to do with the fact that his dad died in the Twin Towers in our 9-11 right and he said um, Jimmy Carr went up and said something like um, now I know that a lot of people insult this comedian um, for always going on about his dead dad dying in the Twin Towers but this isn't a roast for him or his dad the roast for his dad happened in 2001 <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Out. <laughs> <laughs> it was so out of, it, was so, it took me by so much surprise. It was so good. And America doesn't really know how to deal with Jimmy Carr. No, like, not at all. Like, but they had the same with uh, Jim as well. Like Jim was always yeah. very blunt and like, yeah. Like if you're not ready for it, yeah, and you're yeah. not ready for that kind of humor, or you don't like that kind of humor, you're gonna be pretty cross. Yeah. But then Jim is somewhat more relatable because he's telling all these stories and making these arguments. Yeah. Whereas Jim, Jim Carr is just saying jokes. It's just are, it's just one line. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't justify it so at any point. Like, it's uh, just, yeah. That's clever, but I don't know how to take you now. Yeah. And they don't know him very well. And he's not really a huge celebrity anyway. He's just, he's big over here because of game shows and stuff. Yeah. He? Like, he's done loads of that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, he's, you're not like a celebrity that you bring on to listen to what he has to say. It'd be like yeah. he'd be a funny person to chip in every now and then. It was the thing it's with stand-up where it's great, the, but yeah, yeah, like you you almost have to kind of gain a trust from an audience before you can go into that kind of thing. Mm. Where it's like, look, I'm I'm not doing this to be a dick, and you have to kind of like get that across to them before you start being a dick. Yeah. Well, yeah, we it's hard this to do that there. if you're doing like jokey joke one-liner stuff. I was speaking to a comedian who was saying um, he was giving me advice on. Um, about reading your audience and stuff like that, but then mm. he said, "You know, you know Tim Vine. Yeah, his style of humor is like Jimmy Carr, but pun, like, but bad puns. Yeah, and he said that he just goes on stage and just just goes straight into bad pun after bad pun, yeah. and the audience will hate him for five minutes. Yeah, and then eventually the novelty of it will kind of kick in. Yeah, which is like, all right, I get it, but like, can't you just not do?" 100% bad puns <laughs> like have a co- there's different types of stand up yeah. whatever whatever people want to do mm. um, anyway in other news villagers in South Africa's Chris Haney district are convinced that one of their ewes has given birth to a half sheep half human devil lamb the creature was born with peak skin a human face and hooves some believe it <laughs> <laughs> This sheep's got a human face, but it has got hooves. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bit fucked. Pink. I don't think sheep's are pink. I'm assuming it, it came out dead. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't come out, like, out of the the rip in the, yeah. the hell mouth. Yeah. It came out of the sheep and was just, like, dusting itself off. Like, oh, that was rough. I'm back! Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do the bat joke, so it's okay. <laughs> didn't do that, even though I bumped my head uh, after the fact. Yeah, that's it. That's good. Um, some believe it to be the product of a human-sheep union, while others believe that it was an animal, that the animal was the result of a sheep injected with male sperm. <laughs> Aren't they the same thing? Yeah. Some people think that this person was fucked by a human. Others think that it was just given a load of human sperm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 
while at a glance it does resemble human form, <laughs> it's not human, but a deformed stillborn lamb sired by a sheep and subsequently infected by Rift Valley Fever at an early stage of pregnancy. <laughs> Rift Valley Fever, does that just turn you into a person? It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. into a person from the valley yeah. and the dark dimension. <laughs> oh my god, no way. <laughs> Bah. <laughs> Where's the grass? <laughs> it's, it's legal now. Um, yeah, apparently the la- a lamb was pregnant and got bitten by a mosquito that had the disease, and that created the. Un- it's, it's massive. What? Like it's the when I saw the image, it looked like the size of a fully grown sheep. So I don't know what happened. Mother's just like off shot. It's like, <laughs> is it okay? No, no, it's a Thank devil fuck. lamb. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fucked. I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, is that how? That's, what, that's not what happened with Twenty Eight Days Later, was it? Twenty Eight Days Later was evil monkeys that bit people, yeah. and then they just become zombies. Yeah, yeah. But pregnancy deformation is how like people evolved, isn't it? Well, not pregnancy deformation. Well, yeah, I guess technically. Yeah, but it so could muta- have happened before pregnancy we, or during. It's pregnancy. all based on mutations, isn't it? Yeah, essentially. Yeah, because like, well, people play music to pregnant women. I don't know why I'm <laughs> surprised these bloody women with their pregnancies <laughs> and their music being played to them. But like, no, like in utero, music is given to. Yeah. Play this music to your chest, yeah. to your stomach. To try stomach. and get the baby to come out with groove. wearing like Beats by Dre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're meant to hear the dad's voice or something, because you hear things in the womb. Yeah. And it's meant to... I love... It, it, there's probably some evidence behind it, but I'm just going to ignore that. Like, <laughs> it feels like it's purely just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you remember everything, even before you were cells. <laughs> what? It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you don't remember? <laughs> I remember. I was Christ. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> when so, the devil was born of a sheep. That's <laughs> a goat, isn't it? The devil's a goat. Oh, that's yeah. probably what he missed. Uh, Goats look a little bit like sheep, I think, <laughs> in like... Back scenarios. to the drawing board in hell, like crossing out sheep, goat. He's goat. only he's only impregnates via crossbow from a distance. <laughs> Hit that goat. Did you get it? Uh, I think sure. so. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Strange but, mutated creature born half man, half zebra. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's go into the horrors of Nick's love corner. Not love corner. I'm gonna think of a different word. For Nick's it. corner of horrors. Nick's Nick's rainbow. <laughs> What was that shit? Yeah, Rainbow Corner. Nick's Rainbow Corner. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty It's pretty bad. I need a theme. Um, Yazidi sex slave unwittingly ate her one-year-old son after Isis cooked her child and served it with rice. Pretty horrific, <laughs> right? <laughs> Christ. Um, yeah, I just... I, it's so fucking horrific, but... I'll, I'll go into it after I read the rest. Uh, during a television interview, an Egyptian TV channel said... One of the women who we managed to retrieve from ISIS said that she was held in a cellar for three days without food or water. Afterwards, they brought her a plate of rice and meat and she ate that because she was very hungry. When she was finished, they said to her, by the way, we cooked your one-year-old son when we took him from you and you've just eaten him. (laughs) Which is pretty casual English for for (laughs) Middle Eastern terrorists or ISIS terrorists. Scott Tannerman. 
Get ate his parents. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Getting inspired by fucking South Park to do these kinds of things. Only ISIS could see Eric Cartman and go, yes. <laughs> this is what we need to be doing. <laughs> this guy's got his finger on the pulse of, yeah. is of re- ex- religious extremism. Yeah. Stop fucking that sheep. We've got work to do. <laughs> But it seems like a weird. It seems well. It's it's it's. I'm conflicted, right? Because this is a horrific story that should be told. Because you can't just ignore tragedy and horrible events. You yeah. need to tell people of what's going on in the world. But it seems, I'm guessing the objective is for people to dislike ISIS. Probably. Yeah. It's like well, you've already. They don't like ISIS. Yeah. But again, it, you can't just. You, if you were given this story, you couldn't go. Nope. You have to be like, no, you'd have to tell you have the to story. Tell that story, yeah. But yeah, it just seems like they're they're evil people, and this is another, <laughs> here's another example of this evil thing. And this was on like the minutes of the, <laughs> the pre-interview notes. The minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to bring up eating a kid with rice. Yeah, <laughs> we gave her rice. Yeah, was it curried? <laughs> well, that's all right. Was there cardamoms in it? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> cardamoms? Cardamom. Can't remember what it is. It's cardamom. a spice, isn't it? It's like a seed. It's like yeah. a pod that you put in with it. And then you have to take it out because if you eat it, it's horrible. Yeah, it's But everyone forgets. Yep. And then you bite into it and break your teeth. <laughs> and you die. Yeah. And then your parents force you to eat all of them. <laughs> yes. Eat <laughs> your child. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's a pretty horrific story, but I thought it was interesting because they served it with rice. <laughs> and yeah, just the fucking way it's been reported. But, but it, I've changed my mind now. Yeah, you should report these things. But I guess you'd have to make the question of where on the newspaper do you put it? Front page news? I don't know. Maybe it's front page news. It's not in the sports section. I guess. But page three? I don't know. Like, How far in do you post it? Because it's yeah, relevant. It's, you can't go front page with that, really. You might be able to, but you, you, that means that you're basically clickbait. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Anyway. <laughs> Two newborn babies, Peshwari Nan and Pilar Rice, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get on the news. <laughs> anyway. Um, in other news, <laughs> a shopkeeper who claimed he was threatened with illegal action after calling his shop Singsbury's has changed it to Morrisings. Yeah. <laughs> What a legend. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jell Singh Nagra's shop had no name for five years after he said Sainsbury's complained um, about it being called Singsbury's. He's now put up a new sign called Morrisings in a bid to put his village of West Allotment North Tyneside on the map. Catchy name. Yeah. A spokesman for Morrison said the supermarket didn't really mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's not exactly a threat, is it? <laughs> well, that's the thing. He said, like... They don't really get foot traffic, because yeah. apparently you're probably in the middle of nowhere. So I'm just a corner shop. Plus, it's it's parody. Does that not, like, yeah. does that not fall under that same law? Yeah, but... Uh, I guess, unless you you have to be a parody of a shop. <laughs> <laughs> parody of a franchise. Yeah. And then, yeah, be like, no. <laughs> you need to change. That's pretty much the whole story. I just thought it was funny. Yeah, no, it was good. <laughs> um, have you seen Pete Johansson? Peter Johansson, a stand-up oh. comic. He's got a special on Netflix I thought about yes. a while ago. Yeah, the Canadian guy. Canadian guy. Yeah. He's performing in Manchester next month. Oh, is he? If you game. Yeah, man. Yeah, Peter uh, Johansson. Uh, there's a bunch of other people who might be coming as well. Um, 
I think it's like the twenty seventh or something. Like the end towards the end of next month. Right. Um, I'll check the date. He's awesome. So yeah, it would be uh, yeah, would be uh, pretty awesome to see him. Anybody wants to see him? Uh, July twentieth to the twenty second. Cool. He's, um, and apparently he's been around Manchester quite a bit. So really, yeah, apparently. Yeah. So as in, he's replying to a, a, a tweet about like when are you coming back? Mm. It's like oh, like next month. All right, <laughs> all right, fair enough. So, yeah, some decent comedian in uh, Manchester. I'm starting to show you uh, Rob Beckett mm. um, and uh, can't remember, Christian O'Reilly or Christian Riley, both like um, guitar comics. Right, but they're awesome. Yeah, they keep on uh, jumping into Manchester, but we keep on missing. I swear I've heard of Rob Beckett, but that might just be because you've told me about him. He's the guy I showed you the video of who. Um, Swan song and he fell over in the background all the time. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> it's incredible videos and falling <laughs> down. That was the whole show was him just falling over behind people having fake interviews, <laughs> and then like he's been on TV doing Wipeout and stuff like that. So he just made this whole like quiet piano montage, <laughs> which was just fucking hilarious. <laughs> um. The Philippine House of Representatives has approved a bill making enthusiastic singing of the national anthem compulsory. <laughs> <laughs> the singing shall be mandatory and must be done with fervour, the bill states. It also provides official music for the tune, which must be adhered to. Punishment for breaking the rules could include a fine of 50,000 to 100,000 pesos, which is a 780 to 1,500 pounds. It's a lot of money. For not being fervour enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, offenders will also be issued a warning before being publicly named and shamed in the national newspaper. <laughs> uh, any act which casts contempt, dishonour or ridicule upon the national anthem shall be penalised. Uh, the bill makes a wide... The bill makes a wide range of other stipulations, including that everyone must stand and salute when the first note of the song is played and requiring the school system to ensure that every student memorises the words. The first note. The first note. Right, so that means you have to... Imagine they don't tell you they're about to play the national anthem. Yeah. And there's just E flat. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> saluting cars in the street. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, otherwise you get a £1,500 fine. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um... Oh, car horns. Sorry, this is a tangent, but uh, I, I, read, I read something that they're trialling something in Singapore, I think, um, where they change the sound of a car horn to the sound of a duck quacking because they <laughs> think like pedestrians find it somewhat friendlier. <laughs> so it doesn't and it, scare them It removes all those echo problems. <laughs> that great, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't... If you hear that there's a duck behind you, you don't dive out the way. <laughs> Do you, like it depends on the context of the horn, right? Yeah. If it's just like I'm angry that there's traffic today, <laughs> then fair enough, quack. <laughs> but if there's like your baby is rolling into an intersection, yeah, you want to oh, quack quack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah. <Bug> horn. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the video of the guy getting hit by a bus? Yeah, it just walked into the pub. <laughs> Like, it got into the pub quicker. Like, it, it, it's a, it fucking it hits the front of a bus. And, like, I get his, like maybe his back was really straight or something, but it just catapulted him forward. And, like, immediately he gets up and walks into the pub that I'm assuming he was on the way to. Or he wasn't. He was like, I need a drink now. <laughs> What's it going to be? Yeah. He was, like, 30 days sober. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hits by a bus. Fuck it, I'm having a drink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Life's too fucking short to be sober. <laughs> um, the same bill includes several proposals from a 2010 draft to criminalise improper singing of the national anthem, <laughs> including a strict requirement to keep the timing between 100 and 120 beats per minute. <laughs> it's fucking strict. It's so much work to have to monitor all of this. Uh, yeah. You'd have to video everybody saluting at the right time and standing up at the right time. You'd have to have a fucking metronome, yeah, to make sure that no, they didn't go too fast or too slow. <laughs> that you'd have to. Oh shit! Them- e flat. It's like fucking Big Brother. Let's play a song like when we play the song. You have to do the ducky dance, <laughs> like oh, dropping glasses and all this shit. Which country? Wait, is this? My son doesn't know the lyrics. My son doesn't know the lyrics. <laughs> I can't afford the fine. Um, it's uh, it's the Philippines. So okay. it's the one that's been going fucking mental recently. Like <laughs> yeah, the, um, the it's 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 not the. The government over there made it legal to murder drug addicts and <laughs> drug dealers and stuff. So, like, it's it's just, like, martial law. It's fucking mental. It was that guy that was on about his helicopter. I think you, you had yeah, that one that a few guy, weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, that guy, yeah. He threw someone from a helicopter yeah. and he'll do it again. Yeah, during a speech. Uh, yeah, and he does the whole thing about drug addicts, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fucking mental place, man. It's all right to murder them if you want. I mean, yeah. if you want, you can murder them. Uh, apparently it was all triggered because there were some people who weren't standing up and singing uh, the national anthem that often happens in cinemas. Jesus Christ. That's so, a like, weird, at, the, at the start of a film, you national anthem, then the film. It's fucking... <laughs> It's weird, weird to do it anywhere, but it's weird to do yeah. it outside of a government like environment. Yeah. Like schools is still weird, but you can kind of argue it's a government school or whatever. I guess. But then like you go like, oh, if you were going to go to a press conference, that's it's always weird. Yeah. I can't think of a situation where be, apart from the president giving a speech, they might be like, oh, now you sing the president it's, song. Yeah, it's the same. Whatever. It's it's the same as the states than that though, isn't it? It's just enforced indoctrination. Like, yeah. Yeah, here's the flag. Salute it. Now worship it and sing your song. Our song. <laughs> Frankie Bold does a whole thing about how it's present in the UK um, through private schools. Right. Like, they bore you with Latin. <laughs> Just break <laughs> down your spirit. And they molest you. And they, you know, they make you keep a secret. They teach you about all these... I mean, I know there's a private school where I think the headmaster was the ex-head of Calvin Klein like just ridiculous different world money and experience where you just you relate to those people so that you'd separate from real people yeah and you come out as these kind of warped yeah patriotic secret society kind of politician <laughs> yeah and then you just go like, oh yeah yeah because like I can't remember who it was, but I think like Darren Brown went to private same private school like Boris Johnson or oh, something right, yeah. like that, and you get these these weird different types of people come out of it. But yeah, mm. you get a lot of politicians that come out. <laughs> some of people it. into politics, some people into magic. <laughs> <laughs> some people, you know, make the bunny disappear. Other people make children disappear. Yeah, or fuck pigs' heads. <laughs> some people make the economy disappear. <laughs> I'm not going down that route. Again, <laughs> no, I've, I've, I've been adamant. Um, in other news uh, Japan's adult movie industry is today in mourning after reports that a popular actress has died in a tragic workplace accident while shooting a scene for an upcoming film Uh, local media reported that 23 year old actress died after drowning in semen 
oh, while God. filming a scene. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Oh, if only it was in Thailand, it could be called the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> That was terrible. <laughs> Didn't really work, but it popped into my head. That's all right. You're editing this week. You can sort <laughs> <Yeah>. that out. <laughs> Funny, it was just setting boop. It would be called a boop, boop. <laughs> oh. <Yeah. laughs> that didn't really work. Wasn't that funny? I'll edit it out and then that'll make it all make sense. It wasn't offensive. It was just bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, according to the camera operator who witnessed the incident, the actress was filming a bukkake scene uh, when the accident occurred. Bukkake is a popular scenario in Japanese titles and involves a group of males ejaculating typically onto the face of the female actor. Uh, for this scene, there were around 30 men lined up, um, said the camera operator. The actress was kneeling on the ground and the actors were taking it in turns to ejaculate on her. The director insisted that they direct their semen into her mouth, which is quite normal for a bukkake film. <laughs> <laughs> While she's lifeless, <laughs> just carry on. <laughs> However, it appears that the actress began to choke at some point during the process, a fact that was not immediately apparent to the director and the other male actors. The camera operator explained that they assumed that she was simply acting, when in reality she was struggling to breathe. Um, it came as quite a shock to us when she collapsed, he told journalists. <laughs> <laughs> All the guys doing it are just like really insecure about homosexuality. Because they're like, give a mouth to mouth. I'm like, nope. <laughs> Why? Just no. Just no. <laughs> but she's going to die. I'm okay with that. <laughs> the director was angry at first, telling her that she'd ruined the shot. <laughs> <laughs> However, when it became clear that she really couldn't breathe, uh, everyone became shocked. They seemed to like the word shocked. Yeah. Well, I can imagine you would. Was, it, was this Japan? Yeah. yeah. Well, it was hard to tell because her face was all blurred out. <laughs> so, just, like, is she choking? Is she, I don't know, she's pixelated. I don't know if that helps. Uh, the camera operator said many of the male actors became quite panicked, but one of them who had, rece who had received medical training rushed forward to help he tried to oh god he tried to scoop as much of the semen out before starting mouth to mouth <laughs> but it was too late uh, there was nothing that anyone could have done pretty sure there was something that could have been done well you get the impression that she should have I'm not going to blame the victim no here, but like there's a point where you'd be like no like yeah, I can't actually, breathe yeah like that that implies that she was lifeless mm. and she was full <laughs> and people were still trying to give her a, a bit more and it was just like well she's is it maybe even she's flopping around on the ground like when's your oxygen <laughs> she must have been oxygen deprived at some point and fallen over right yeah it said she that collapsed yeah so she's that's fell over that's when the director said she'd ruined the shot <laughs> but like I, the thing is like you can't even be like um, oh they're wor she's worried because it's Chinese cult uh, Japanese culture and they're worried about shaming their family you've got a mouth full of cum <laughs> pretty sure you don't have to worry about that anymore more than that lungs full of it <laughs> yeah. you just can't breathe yeah um, bukaki, a word meaning to splash rudely, uh, has become—it's <laughs> not even polite. No, <laughs> has become one of the most popular acts depicted in Japanese films, uh, adult films. I should—I should point out. <laughs> yeah, that new remake of The Ring. Yeah. <laughs> what Pretty the fuck up. has happened to Pokemon? <laughs> yeah. Squirtle. No. Bukaki tall. <laughs> yeah. Uh, however, this incident is believed to be the first Bukaki-related fatality. 
Uh, and then it's, it's it's like oh it could it could have major implications on the industry like <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah it could yeah, it should yeah. <laughs> someone died yeah like don't stop killing people is is is, is what you should do <laughs> yeah um, yeah that's that that that's it for for Bukaki drowning in cum <laughs> <laughs> um, don't want to overdo it like she did no. Uh, Eleven days after laying his son to rest, Frank J. Carrigan got a call from his friend. <laughs> Your son's alive, he said. Bill, put my phone. Up, put my son on the phone, he said. Hi, Dad. <laughs> put him on. Unfazed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Doesn't miss a beat. Oh, good. Put, put, put him, him on. on. I Hi, Dad. I've been have a word with him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the mix-up began on May 6th when a man was found dead behind a Verizon store in Fountain Valley. Um, Carrigan, of 80, Carrigan, 82, of Wildemar, these are some weird fucking places, uh, <laughs> said he called the coroner's office and was told that the body was that of his son, uh, who was mentally ill and had been living on the streets. When he asked whether he should identify the body, the woman said, apparently incorrectly, apparently incorrectly, that identification had been made through fingerprints. Uh, on May 12th, the family held a $20,000 funeral that drew around 50 people from as far away as Las Vegas and Washington State, um, and Frank's brother gave the eulogy. We thought we were burying our brother. Someone else had a beautiful send-off. It's horrific. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Yeah, I read this and completely misinterpreted what the whole article was about. Oh, really? <laughs> like, completely. Yeah. Like, yeah, they buried someone, but then I thought they buried some guy, and then they found out that his grave, they buried the wrong body, and the no. person, that the someone they were meant to bury was in an unmarked grave behind a church. No, they buried a guy <laughs> thinking it was someone else, and the guy <laughs> was actually alive. Days. <laughs> yeah. It was like, he just wasn't, he wasn't following his dad on Twitter. Yeah. He was tweeting, tweeting loads of grief. <laughs> so, oh, that's in a weird mood. Yeah. Then <laughs> <laughs> his mate... Who probably went to the funeral. Mm. You think mates are good people to come to funerals? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I saw him down the street the other day, I swear. Yeah. I won't mention it. Oh, Bill, put him on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Dad. Stop fucking around. You're really going to eat your dinner when you get out. <laughs> What's for dinner? Just cold black coffee. Yeah. And, I don't know, mushroom You're going to eat the guy we buried. <laughs> With rice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, earlier in the funeral home, the grieving Kerrigan had looked at the man in the casket and touched his hair, convinced that he was looking at his son for the last time. I don't know. Well, I didn't know my dad, what my dad's son was going to look like, he said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen him in a week. Yeah. <laughs> He's gone through all these different fads, you know, goth, you know, new punk, now he's black. I mean, just whatever people want to do. <laughs> uh, then came the May 23rd phone call from Shrinker. Shinker? That's a weird name. Uh, <laughs> Kerrigan's son was standing on the patio. Uh, it was unclear how coroner's, how coroner's officials misidentified the body. Doug Easton, an attorney hired by Kerrigan, said the coroner's officials apparently weren't able to match corpses' fingerprints. Uh, through a law enforcement database and instead identified Kerrigan by using an old driver's license photo. So, <laughs> the, and, the, and this guy was just like, um, well, it, they'd, um, they, they, they told me they'd identified it with fingerprints. If they'd said, if the, the, if they'd said old, it needed identifying, I'd be down there. But they said yeah. it was fingerprints. So I was just like, 
yeah, all right, fair enough, he's <laughs> dead, I guess. And now they're just like, yeah, no, he's dead, he's, he's definitely dead. We are, we took his fingerprints. Does this, this look like him? Yeah, yeah, it's just him. yeah. <laughs> he's got fingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just a bit of, bit of a horrendous fuck-up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, the guy's mentally ill, um, and he, he's been like, he's, he's gone back on, no, 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 the, the, the son, the one right, that was yeah. living on the street, and he's gone back to living on the street, and 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 his, fa- <laughs> <laughs> and his family are just like, yeah, he, he didn't seem to know what all the fuss was about. <laughs> didn't seem to know why we were all upset. Like, we <laughs> thought you were dead. Yeah. yeah, but I'm not, so let me live my life, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys just don't get me. <laughs> I'm from the streets. Yeah. <laughs> um... When you drive into Rabbit Hash, Kentucky, you're thrust back in time. Porches are still hangouts for young guys to talk to girls. The general store is a one-stop shop for everything you need. Every town, no matter how small, needs a leader. And theirs is a dog. (laughs) (laughs) The treat-loving, wood-sploring good name is called Brineth Paltrow. (laughs) Brineth... (laughs) No, Brineth Paltrow. Oh, God. Right. It's... Uh, What's Bryn? I don't know. Bryn's like a New Zealand name, isn't it, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Bryn. Uh, after pledging... Uh, th- this this is horribly full of puns, but I'll try and work <laughs> my way through them. After pledging to sniff out the community's yeah. problems, with a little help from her best friend, she won the election a few months back. The competition was stiff. There was a cat, a chicken, a donkey, and a little boy. <laughs> <laughs> In America, you can achieve your dreams unless you're competing with a dog. The world doesn't like you, little boy. They would rather have a dog with a celebrity pun name. Poor kid. Change the world. The dog's just like, all right, whatever. I'm game. Can I have, can I have some food? Yeah, sure. Brineth is the fourth dog mayor of the city. So what was the kid running for? (laughs) Fucking idiot. You knew he was going to be the dog. Running the human elections. (laughs) No, I think I've got an edge if I enter the dog election. No, it wasn't like... It's the fourth dog to be elected as mayor. Yeah, but... Not like, like, oh, we've got a human mayor and a dog mayor. (laughs) Batman and Robin. (laughs) Human mayor, what do you want to do? I want to fix this. I want to get the drainage sorted and everything else. Dog, what do you want to do? Squirrel! (laughs) Runs out the road. Anyway, they they didn't really go into much more detail. It was just like, well, it's a dog one again. Fourth dog in a row. We're not mental. There's a kid that went in as well. Yeah, and a donkey. (laughs) (laughs) And if you didn't vote, your vote was wasted. Forced to vote for either a child or a dog <laughs> or a cat, yeah, or a donkey. I believe in the donkey, but that, I think that's another one of those Lord Buckethead things where I'm sure you, even you would probably vote. Maybe, yeah. Come on, <laughs> if there was a boy, a chicken, a donkey, and a and a dog, I'd definitely get and they more were just involved. like, who's going to be the next mayor? <laughs> You'd be like, I need a say in this. <laughs> Stop flying for a dog. <laughs> There you go. Vote for the dog. Vote Brenner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
does he like Coldplay? No, but he just puts up with it. <laughs> just like, is that Gwyneth Paltrow? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's good. Fair enough. For more episodes the second they leave our disgusting workstations, head over to www.pullingteeth.audio and remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or TuneIn, maybe all three. Ratings and comments would be nice as well. If you've got any questions or comments, find us on Twitter at PullingTeethPod. For anything more extensive or of a private or personal nature, or if you've got some kind of moral objection to social media, you can drop us an email at podcast at pullingteeth.audio. For more from me, head to stevemilligan.net and find us both on Twitter at singitsteve and at nicksnip. This has been Pulling Teeth. See you next week. <laughs>